Welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Elder Scrolls Legends. This episode is sponsored by Team Rankstar and Inked Gaming. Visit TeamRankstar.com for all the latest Tesla news, and visit Inked Gaming and use the code TRS12 to get 12% off your next order of customized gaming gear. Welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Legends, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community around this fantastic game. My name is Mark Lutz. I am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I am your host today. Um, and it is early, the earliest that I've ever recorded. However, for my special guest today, it is it is not early at all. In fact, it's it's in the evening because although I'm in Pittsburgh, she's all the way in New Zealand, which is by far the absolute coolest place um, anyone has ever recorded with me from. Um, so how can I not wake up really, really early in the morning? So I have with me today our very first female special guest on the show, um, streamer, YouTube, YouTuber, uh, Tesla player. And I'm going to. You know what? I'm just gonna let you start with your name because now that you freaked <laughs> me out about it, like I'm, I'm I'm worried. So I have I have with me uh, Sophie, but she'll she'll tell you her her stream name today. Oh, I was really gonna see. I was gonna see how you were gonna say it. Ella. Uh, yeah, no, so, <laughs> go L- on. Oh L- L- uh, no. Aeolus. <laughs> Aeolus. Yeah, anything like that. Hey, if it makes um if it makes it sort of feel any better for you, nobody does it. Everybody goes to Sophie. It was the worst decision for a screen name I've ever had in my entire life. So there you well, go. no, I think it's a cool. I think it's a cool <laughs> name. I just think that you have to like either live in New Zealand, Australia, or Great Britain to pronounce it properly. I don't know if that's true because they can't say it either. I got it from a book, and um, I when I used it to make like my Bethesda account, um, I never thought about saying it out loud. I'd always read it. But I've mm. never thought about how people would say it. You know, I didn't Elois. have that name with the intention of streaming. So, Elois. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, well, this is this is interesting. So before we, I ask you even how you're doing. What book? Where did you get your your um, name from? It so is I think that's from. I stutter over this every time because I will admit that I didn't finish the series. Um, it is from a, a book called uh, The Stormcaller. Look, the Storm I, look you can Caller. see my book. I'll show you. The, re- the listeners can't see it, but I'll show you. I'm still like halfway through <laughs> the book from years ago. Um, so but, you pulled your name from it, but it is it is it's boring. No, I just maybe a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, a, I did. I did. There's at least a lull. There's a lull in the middle, at least. Yeah, I um I was quite busy when I was reading it as well, and the characters that I were playing at the time were largely either fire uh, fire users or sword users. And in this particular book, the uh, protagonist is given a sword from the gods and it's a fire sword. And okay. so it kind of fit with what I was doing at the time and I needed an alternative character name. And yeah, that happened. And that's what the game that I was playing that I stopped to play Legends. So that's why it oh, happened. Oh, interesting. Well, what game? What game did you stop playing to come to Legends? 
Uh, I won't name it because it's all kinds of awful that I don't want to be associated with, but it's um, a text-based okay. RPG. Yeah, so I played it for a really long time, since about 2004. Um, okay. Yeah, and then picked it up sort of over the years here and there and finished about 2017 or so. Okay. <laughs> a long okay, time text-based RPGs, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, well, how are you doing? Because I mean, that's usually the first question I ask my guests, but I also usually remember how to pronounce their screen names. Um, so how are you doing? What's, uh, what are you playing in Tesla right now? What's your week in Tesla like? Yeah, my week in, in Tesla was taken up by the lovely gauntlet that we've just had. We were so privileged to get back in our lives. Um, I missed it. I missed mm. it a lot more than what I realized until I saw the event notification come up and it sort of tugged at the old heartstrings a wee bit. Um, so I did that. I actually did my first run on stream with my friend uh, Ian Bits. Um, I played crabs, which I think makes me a very unpopular person in the gauntlet. Right. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> crabs are popular. They're they're pop, yeah, like old, old think... salty handbag or whatever made crabs more popular than I thought. Yeah, but I think it's gotten to the point now where everyone is a wee bit over-facing Crabscription and is just... I was also playing Mage, which is very unlike me. It's a list from Endozoa, so I don't think anyone was really expecting it when they faced me. I'm normally a warrior kid, so... Yeah, I I played against a fair amount of Mages with Crabscription. Mm, the um, package in it, that's why. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they had like a plenty of plenty of neutral cards in there. I'll be honest, I don't think I lost to a single crab deck um, throughout <laughs> yeah. my three runs. So I'm not like a hater. I mean, I I thought it was a garbage card when I saw it. I I still feel pretty strongly that it's not a good card. But I um, I think that maybe we need to then crown you king of the crabs or something because there are a lot of people who are going to be like disagreeing with that and thinking that crabs need to stop but you know they're not yeah. unbeatable by any means yeah there's a lot of people who don't like them i don't i don't understand i just every time i've seen them played i'm like oh that's great you have a whole bunch of bad cards in your deck um okay but what okay listen to me derail you i know i derail you but what do you normally play though like what are you playing control or sure so so the deck that i've been playing most recently is is a homebrew um uh, Dominion, uh, Dominion deck that it runs dragons. So it's, it's, uh -huh. it's not like a heavy control deck. Basically, if you're running purple and you're running control, you, you win. But if you're not playing purple control, I, I win. Um, and there, <laughs> there's a few mid range decks. Dagoth mid range is pretty difficult for it to deal with. But other than that, um, it, it's pretty, it, it's like a, a pretty heavy board control deck. So I don't know that crabs have been played yet without me just being able to clear it yeah uh-huh okay that's fair so the old the old ice storm on the crabs or no well yeah i mean i, I ice storm just my deck has a, an insane amount of drain in it so i uh, usually if you're if you're running crabs it means that your early game is weaker than what it could have been um because you you're playing crabs um <laughs> So, crab yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I feel it's, it's, it's like, so okay, discriminatory. you, you crab scription, but I'm at 28 health and don't care because it's round six. So, like, yeah, I'm getting into my sweet spot now. So, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I don't understand the hype. I, I mean, you're explaining exactly why I wasn't able to finish in the top 1000 of that, that gauntlet, but yeah, 
I was pretty, um, okay, I was two minds about it in my week of Tessel. I was, one, really happy that after I finished my runs, even though I had a awful third run, um, I was happy that I finished at 183. Because I was like, okay, decay, that's totally fine, might still hit this top 1,000. Mm. No, mm -mm, not even a little bit. So, like, in one part, I'm really disappointed about that because I got, like, 1,100 and something. Okay, okay. But on the other hand, there were a lot of people who entered this gauntlet. People were talking about going, like, losing their very first run towards the end and being, like, 20,000 and something in ranking. That's amazing to me. I mean, it just shows that the community is way more, like... Involved. engaged and still playing and were happy to come in on this gauntlet and they had the free run yeah there was heaps i okay admittedly i read this on reddit so oh no that's completely accurate <laughs> it, yeah. it's, it's, it can't not be so it's on the internet it's facts so what were yeah. what were your three runs tell us what your three runs were if you're playing mage can a crab scription i played so, it all three of them yes because enough, i didn't can, want to build another list were you able to switch? I didn't even realize that you could switch between runs. I played I played the same deck all three runs too because I every time I yeah. clicked play again, it just my deck showed up again. So I was like I, I thought I was locked in for all three runs for the same deck. Like I understand right now that it's about what like what is it ten past six in the morning for you? Sure. Yes. Okay. Like so that. just I apologize in advance for blowing your mind this early on, but you could also change your list mid run. Yeah, didn't know that. Whether or not that was intentional or not, I'm not sure. But you could change your list mid-run if you wanted to. Well, whatever you created your deck, didn't it say, are you ready to lock this in because you can't change this deck once you lock it in? You could change it. You could change, you could just delete all 75 cards or all 50 cards and re-put them in. Yeah, that I sounds didn't. like a... Well, I was playing with 100 cards. No, I'm just joking. I'm not, I, wasn't, oh, I, was, I, was, I was. I was like, oh, man, we are on different pages here. Okay. Yeah, um, no, so I played the same crabs the whole time. I went 9-2, uh, 6-3, and 0-3 <coughs> for the last one. No, oh, it was 1-3. It was 1-3. You got 1-3. One, one, three. Okay, well, I played um, I played uh, Dominion Dragons. Um. <laughs> And I, I should get this list out somewhere. It's in our Discord channel because I, I've had it asked for quite a few times now. So if you really want it, you can do a little plug for our Discord there. Um, I went I went six and three, um, nine and two, and then nine and two. Um, so sure. I, I so you went for the opposite strategy of mine of getting better. I was going for the getting worse strategy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I oh. went the get. I went the. But I'm sure like after you went like nine and two, right? Like you were like, holy cow, like. Crab Scription is amazing. Like, I, I'm going to play this deck. Yes, and also I was with Ian Bits. And he and I disagree on lines all the time. So generally, if okay. we're disagreeing on lines, it's because I'm wrong and he's right. So mm. he normally wins in our arguments as well. So I was like, man, I'm amazing. I'm OP. Crab Scription is right up there. But also I had Ian Bits as the little voice on my shoulder going, what are you doing? Um and stopping mm. me from making dumb mistakes. And then okay. when I did the other two runs by myself, I was like, there we go. Okay, that makes a lot more sense now. That, oh, that's okay. Naola's run. Yeah. Okay, so you're saying, like, run, run one was... Like, you can there, see it. You were, clicking the, you were clicking the buttons, but there was a, there was a pilot. Uh, 
I'm going to say that I did pilot it because I definitely disagreed with him on a couple of turns, but he was okay. very vocal about the fact that I was very lucky to win based on my own lines. Mm. Yeah, he's pretty direct. Yeah, he's great. He's good fun. Yeah, he's pretty direct. Well, yeah. that that's that's awesome. So um, you ended up, but you, you were in the top, you were in the top couple hundred when you when you finished. Now, I finished early on. Okay. Now I finished on on Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon, which is probably like, I don't know, the following Saturday for you or something. Um, but uh, <laughs> it was it was like Sunday That's afternoon. Next year, actually. Um, okay. Now the thing that was a little, I ended 45th, so I I ended in a really good place. Um, and I I logged on on Monday because I think it went until about noon my time on Monday, and I logged in on Monday and and looked and I was I was still 45th, but mm-hmm. then. Um, but then I went to look at the ranking boards and I was like, hey, don't show me the top 10, like show me where I am. And it was like glitch, 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 yeah. glitch. And and then I was like, oh, well, that's not a problem. So I logged back in and I got 300 gold um, instead of 500 gold later that day. And I was like, that's, that's weird. But I think 300 gold was like the top 500 bracket. Yeah. So, right? yeah, there was a little bit of a glitch on that ranking page, um, which sort of it, it sort of showed itself in a few ways. So a very occasionally it would work. You'd click on my ranking and it would show you where you had dropped to. Um, the other times it would just stay at the top 10 and then sometimes it would drop back to your rank quickly and then go back to the top 10. They are yeah, mine would like it. flash. It would like flash for a hot Yeah, set. it's really quick. Um, they were aware of it. They were yeah, aware of a couple of bugs that came through. Um, I think it's a really good test run. I think it's great that they gave one free run. I think it's great that they gave out more tickets as rewards, even though I'm now sitting on 170 of the things. Um, it's a lot of not an arena player. Then, <laughs> I am not an arena, play player. arena player. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not in the slightest. And I was always going on about saving them for for events coming back. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. Um, Is there an event that you could possibly need 170 tickets for yeah one entry um grand champion aeolus only um no but they did used to have (laughs) you because how long um how long have you been playing for since forever or um i i started right about the time that the skyrim expansion came out I, I, i sort of made i knew about the game but sort of made that move over from from hearthstone at that point so you would have then definitely played in the grand melees and stuff, right? Or known about them. Yeah, you know what? I I played consistently in like one event that gave the alternate art for um, piercing javelin. Okay. And I, I don't. That. Yeah, and I know that there were some others that sort of went on, but when you were sort of like building a collection early on, the the gauntlets were a little intimidating to kind of get involved yeah. with. I remember um, chaos arena. Was that oh, an event? Oh yeah. Every, um, they, it was like every weekend it felt like, or every couple of weekends, yeah. Maybe yeah, once they, a month. Maybe I'm exaggerating that, but yeah. Where like you would start with extra mana, or like um, everything so, turned into an animal, and my uh, my opponent played like turn run two cave bears or something, um, <laughs> and <laughs> just lost every time. Yeah. Um, so like I think Chaos Arena Animal Lane sort of dissuaded me from. Because when you're early in the game and you haven't really 
played that stuff yet and you don't you don't really understand that they can switch the lanes on you and they they change some of those mechanics on you and you're you're a new gamer and you jump into that it was it was sort of like i never really understood what was going on because i didn't realize that you could sort of scroll over the little lane bubbles on the side and and read what was actually happening um so that was a discouragement so i don't know that i did many of the events or gauntlets in the beginning yeah, see so that the reason why I said that is because the grand melees did cost six t- uh, six tickets to enter, um, and then you did have um, some of the rumbles like the one we just had, um, mm. where although only the first three runs count towards your leaderboard rankings, you could still continue to enter if you were able to. So people would farm them um, mm. for mm-hmm. rewards if you were able to. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where having more is going to be. Now, what's the grand, what's this grand one that you're talking about? What, what was that? Oh, so that's the one. So, you know how you mentioned there was the one with the piercing javelin. I missed Mm -hmm. that one, which as someone who collects all of the premium alt art cards really grinds my gears. Um, (laughs) Did I get it though? Did I buy it? I may have bought it since that point, but I didn't get it as in the original, um, melee. Um, but I got for Morkel? Yeah, Alternative alternative Art of Morkel Gatekeeper. That mm, came out mm-hmm. as a Grand Melee winning. That was my best ever event ever. I finished like 56th or something um, okay. for that one. Um, and they, yeah, so normally in the Grand ones, they had higher entry fees, but higher rewards. Okay. They were very good. Okay, so they were pretty similar to what we just experienced, except the entry fee was higher and the rewards were a little bit grander. Yeah, I think the rewards were grander, but also stacked quite heavily towards the, the top, top as well. Yeah, so they were really rewarded for doing really well. Hmm. Yeah, because I think that was – I was with uh, DT Blade last week, and uh, one of the things that we – Yeah, he, he, he was a really great dude, um, yeah, really great dude. But one of the things that we we talked about a good bit was like, okay, what what about or what about this event is even really enticing for most players? And in both of us kind of thought like, this the rewards are really lackluster. I don't know why I would do this. Um, but I'll be perfectly honest with you, I found myself pleasantly surprised. Um, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I actually went to play on the ladder and I was like you know what, I'm going to finish my three runs. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing it. And there was sort of a thrill climbing towards the the nine wins um, and, yeah. you know, battling off those three losses. And um, I didn't really care so much about what rank I ended up in, um, but I did kind of want to see how, how well I was going to do. I, I was going to say this, the, the meta for this arena was very interesting. Yeah, it was it was an interesting one, but I think what people need to remember as well is that you're not when you're playing on ladder or you're a regular ladder player. Whilst you do go through periods of time of facing some pretty janky lists, you are playing within a range of people that you're used to playing against. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're consistently five and above, um, and you enter an event like this, you have got everyone in this event from brand new players with their accounts using a free run um, to, you know, rank 12, 11, all the way up through to through to legend players that you're facing. So 
and and some people wanted to meme it the whole way. There were so many singleton lists. Um, loads there were of a lot packages. of weird decks. Yeah. Um, I actually know that I faced a few new players in my runs because I uh, faced cards that I literally just have not seen since I started the game. Mm-hmm. Like, they were ones that you are putting in your list because those are the cards that you have. And I think they either won or came really close to winning against me because I could not play around what they played. Could not do it. I mean, I even <laughs> I even played against... Me. I played against some lists towards the beginning where where they were, you know, how as you're going through the story, you, you sort of have this mundane card that splits and becomes one of two cards, uh-huh. but it, it yeah. isn't the full card yet. And, like, some of those were coming out against me. And Do I was they like... they still exist? Wow, it's been that long since I... Well, yeah. either, either they exist or it's, like, players who just, they had them, and they, from oh, way back valid. when... Oh, actually, and, you might be right there. I think some of them... Yeah, I think... I, I wonder if now you can't get those, but if you still had them and didn't hadn't been playing then yeah maybe that would be yeah or like just like you were just a person who like you you played a little bit but you never finished the story mode and you just saw the advertisement came back so mm-hmm. uh, there was some interesting yeah because i don't think they do that anymore i think since sparky took over unless i'm unless i'm oblivious and i thought that's what i saw and that isn't what it actually was because i don't remember a lot of those mm-hmm. a lot of those oh, i would be but, the same i can't recall yeah yeah but there was a lot of a, a lot of, you know one deck that i did lose to was um like shackle assassin yeah which, attack. yeah that classic. wasn't that wasn't fun <laughs> that just wasn't fun to lose to um a lot of the shackle dragons in that in that list um yeah. made me want to play it actually uh, oh yeah no you just that's just really sparked an interest i haven't played a good shack attack in ages that would be so much fun well and now we have the new we now have the new legendary dragon that shackles mm-hmm. and does two damage so that yeah. with that other guy on the board you you're doing five five mm-hmm. damage to something um with that dragon which makes that that's actually one of my favorite cards from moons so um it made me a little bit more interested in playing it um yeah. i mean it seems ridiculous because it doesn't seem good but in my in my uh <laughs> It, does, it doesn't. It seems awful, but yeah. um, it's really good when you pull it for free and you're trying to control the board at the end of the game, and uh, and that's what I've been playing in my uh, Old Mary deck, uh, so my my Dominion deck, because I play uh, the big yellow dragon, um, the eight nine that summons Halls of the Colossus. Um, yeah. That's sort of like my my win strategy towards the end of the game if I haven't won through control yet, and uh, it's been super super good for me, like really really good. And so it turns out if you don't just play Blood Dragon off of that, but you play something that shackles something on the board. It, it's super strong. So yeah, you just make it. Honestly, the way that you're describing it, you're making me not want to match with you. I'm gonna throw that out there and say I don't want to match with Control Dragons. You don't. Just say. Yeah, it runs. You know what? I, I built the deck in uh, off meta because I was so I was so angry at Wordcrafter. Um, <laughs> it, the the <laughs> deck comes from Wordcrafter actually. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't believe how many games in a row that I was playing where I would play turn one and they would play Wardcrafter. And uh-huh. I was like, that's it. I'm putting everything with th- that has a curse synergy in my deck. It's all going in and I'm just going to never worry about wards because I'm just going to minus one, minus one them to death. And yeah. and that sort of turned into uh, uh, a deck that sort of built around that, um, that, that turned into dragons at the end and yeah. um, and have loved it have absolutely loved it it's been a ton of fun to play yeah i love wardcrafter throwing that out there fantastic card love it to pieces it's a fantastic play card but every, I hate it right now. <laughs> play it every blue i possibly could ever but um 
you think you have to right yeah and i think it's because we've gone through quite a blue phase recently didn't we when we have i guess that the elfique battle mage meta well the Um, elfique battle mage then elfique made it into assassin and it was being uh played in that it it made it into guild sworn it was being played in that yeah any any blue list right yeah yeah and wardcrafter just goes in blue lists so if uh-huh. everyone's playing blue for alfique then that means everyone's also playing wardcrafter and it's like one of the strongest turn one turn two plays in the game it's a very yeah. strong play mm-hmm. so there was just a lot a lot of that going around okay so if yeah, you I, will, don't, I don't get the okay. hate for it because i'm one of the wardcrafter people so you know. well, I although i never played really Warcraft. really alfique lists that much you didn't never like played the battle mage i i, I don't I don't like jumping on bandwagons and I can be quite stubborn about it. And I'm also a, I'm a one trick pony with legends. I'm like aggro, aggro, aggro. Okay. Maybe I'll try something mid range, but mostly aggro. And so if something comes out and everyone is playing it, even though I know that it should be really, really good. I'm like, nah, I'll just go back to warrior or I'll go back to one of my other aggro lists because I don't know. I don't want to be one of the cool kids. Were you, were you a Halalu, Halalu aggro player? I was, yeah. I, I Some of my top 100 finishes were Halalu, yeah. Yeah, because that's an interesting... Mm-hmm. That's a very interesting list, because it plays differently than a lot of typical aggro decks do. It's, it's really... It's, it's actually surprisingly hard to pilot. So I'm not a builder by any means. I'm a pilot, and, you know, arguably an absolutely terrible one. But... The, um, <laughs> not if you've top 100 finishes it's not, you're not. <laughs> it's taken a few goes and i've missed most of them i have now self-plug made five top 100 finishes but i've largely failed all the times that i've tried um but i found halalu incredibly interesting and it depends on the builder as to how the list plays and it plays completely different as you say to to other aggro lists mm-hmm. it's very hard to pilot um, there was a few people, especially when it came out, was like, Agru Halalu is brainless and everything. And I was like, what? what's that saying that always gets said to me because I get called a low-skill level player? Like, it's got a... I don't know how they say it. Basically, they say it's really easy to play, hard to master, if that makes sense. Mm, so you mm-hmm. can play it to like a 60% win rate and autopilot it really easily like okay cool take that list go on ring you're probably going to do okay but to bring it up to the 70 to 80 percent win rates um on and off ring it's far harder to to actually make those micro decisions on different turns um so there's a player um called immortal august his builds of halalu are fantastic and they really resonate with me the way that he plays really resonates with me so his halalu builds were always always something I gravitated towards. Hmm. Now, see, I, I sort of I sort of disagree with you because I don't think you can autopilot uh, Halalu to 60%. You can to 50, I mean, 50 to 60%. You definitely could. I, I, I tried. <laughs> I tried. It didn't. It did. I was like, I was like, oh, I got, I, I sort of waned um, in my interest of the game, sort of right when Alliance War came out, uh-huh. um, which was sort of, we saw Halalu sort of, really on the rise uh, after Alliance War. And I came back to the game. And um, after a little bit of time away, I was in school and I was just like, I, I needed to get a break from mobile games, period. So I I was playing Blades like 
constantly. And I was I like, oh, I, I loved it, loved it. And I was like, okay, so when I came back, I chose one mobile game to come back to. So Pokemon Go and Blades were gone. Came back to Elder Scrolls Legends. And um, I was like, I'm going to try this Halalu list because it seems popular. I also enjoy typically pretty aggressive lists. Um, and I couldn't do it. Just couldn't. It okay. played very, very different. Than... Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm giving, yeah, maybe I'm making that sound too easy. What I, maybe I'm also misremembering it because of wanting to, to get the horror out of my mind. But there was times when I very first started attempting to play Halalu where um, I was hanging out with a group of friends who were just, they, they would, they'd, one, they're incredibly talented players, but also they'd be like, oh, if you just want to climb on ladder, just jump on Halalu, easy wins. Like, don't worry about it. And I wasn't matching their win rate by any chance and was getting really frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I jumped in a call with Immortal August and Silverfuse, the lovely Brie, um, and they coached me through a few different games of it. And listening to their lines and the lines that they saw on these turns, which I just did not see in the slightest. Like, they're thinking, like, two, three turns ahead and and I'm managing these resources, which, you know, for me and Hello, I'm like, resources are endless. Why do I need to manage mm-hmm. these? What am I thinking mm-hmm. about? Um, and admittedly, the time spent with them and working on it did make a massive difference to me. And I, I guess I need to give myself a little bit of credit for playing aggro for like over two years now. So. Yeah, and I, I think that there is there's more interesting decisions to make in Elder Scrolls Legends as an aggro player than in most any other card game. Um, coming from Magic the Gathering, coming from Hearthstone, like there, there, there is a certain amount in which most aggro decks in other games are not super engaging to, to play as the player or to play against, because it's just like okay, you just slam down the most aggressive stuff that you can and you attack the player. That's it. Um, Big stuff it, on curve hit face, right? Like yeah. sure, but with the rune system, with the prophecy system, um, and with the dual lane in Elder Scrolls Legends, there are far, far more interesting decisions to make, because if you don't swap lanes at the right time with an aggro deck in this game, um, that will almost always, always lose you the game. And I think a lot of aggro players get frustrated, because they either start in the shadow lane, um, (laughs) or or they start in the field lane whenever they're in a matchup where they needed to start in the shadow lane, (laughs) because there are those matchups where you have to start in shadow. Um, That's still my trip up, big time. Like the recognizing when, the shadow start. Yeah. yeah, I think there's more shadow start now because of wards. Um, yeah. Because you just cannot win the field lane against mid range wards. Like you, it's impossible. Um, than than before. Maybe it's not impossible. Impossible for me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, well, Sophie, tell us a little bit about yourself because uh, I think a lot of time the, the listeners love getting to know members of the community um, uh-huh. because in Elder Scrolls Legends, this is a bit of a smaller community, a little bit harder, I think, to really get to know people. There's a little less content out there for them to plug into. Um, so tell us about about you. And be, But before we get into like you, how you got into Elder Scrolls Legends, what what drew you into it? Because I know you're an ESO player as well. So And you, have a, a, you don't know this, but there's a Monopoly Skyrim game in the background right now. So... <laughs> Obviously. I thought you were saying I don't know this. I'm like, yes, I do. It's right yeah, well, behind you, me. You know this, but I'm yeah. talking to the the people who are listening. Uh, uh, okay, so, but but here here's the question I'm gonna start with, and this doesn't have to do anything with Tessel. Um, okay. But Gorg Gorgan, I don't know, at Gro Groganik, the alchemist. 
I don't know. I'm sure that's from a book as well. But he, he's a person from our Discord channel said, as a little aside from Tesla, I was wondering if you could ask her how she got into retro gaming collection because her collection is very impressive. Ah, that is an interesting question. Can I just ask how that was spelt, the name that you were there? Yeah, uh, G-R-O-G-N-A-C. Oh, Grognay. Um, yeah, they're, yeah, no, they're a member of the community. I know that name. Um, okay, great. Yeah, retro video game collecting comes from from my husband for sure. So when I grew up, um, I was uh, a PC kid, uh, and mm-hmm. and actually quite later in life as well. So I was brought up an only child. I didn't have like the older siblings who had consoles and things that I would like, you know, play with mm-hmm. or anything. So my only console experience from that era. Because I'm I'm a little I'm old right I'm 30 years old so when I talk about from that era the retro game stuff is literally what I should have been playing when I was a child. Um, sure, I mean I'm 31. I remember when NES came out. Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, so I didn't have all of these console things. So my husband is uh, a massive collector of basically everything in life um he just collects things yeah we, we call those hoarders in the united <laughs> states is what yeah well you, as you can see i'm like surrounded by books and things so i'm probably no better than that um it's a little bit of organized chaos in our house but he um he went down the whole nostalgia trip of collecting retro consoles a whole lot of his stuff was from his childhood as well um, so in this house and in our previous flats as well, we've always had like a gaming room. So uh, every console, you know, all the way all back to like <laughs> Sega and all of these early ones that I'm going to get all the names wrong and horrify them. Um, all the way Sega's up to, right. Yeah, all the way up to like modern day stuff. So, you know, we each have a PS4 and we've got all of that sort of thing. Um, and it's one of the most fun times over the last few years has been collecting with my husband. So we, you know, go out to garage sales. We call them, I think you would call them yard sales in America. We call them garage sales. Um, we call them, we call them either thing. If it's in the yard, we call it a yard sale. If it's in the yeah. garage, it's a garage sale. Yeah. We don't really, I don't know. We, we do, and it's not, the term's not used in New Zealand yard sale. I don't know why it should be, mm. but it's not. Um, and like uh, we call them op shops, but you know thrift stores. I think you would call them as well. Op shops. That's um, a cool name. And so um, we would, yeah, go and, and find that stuff. But in New Zealand, it's actually quite difficult because people have either still got everything, like in a box somewhere in their house, and they haven't really got into hmm. that sort of getting it out, <laughs> getting rid of it. Or um, they have two thousand sheep. That's, yeah, exactly. That's like, what are you going to weigh? You just can't get past all the sheep to try and get that out of the yard. Um, and so we've actually been traveling. So in 2016, we went over to the States to go to some retro video game conventions. And half of my luggage coming back was old video games and flattened boxes so that we mm. could um, do that. Um, but as I say, he's a collector of basically everything. So... At the moment, the video games are, sl- are starting to decline a wee bit. He is starting to sell down a lot of that collection to make space because we're just sort of surrounded. Um, but our vinyls are going up and up and up. So the, the oh, okay. photo that I believe he's referring to, I put a, a photo up on Twitter recently of our games room about a year or so ago, like a flashback. Um, and it was sure. all video games, all cartridge and boxed video games and things. Um, whereas now that room is largely vinyl. So, so, things, so what, things change. What's your favorite retro system? Mine is really boring. Mine would be PlayStation One, and that's simply because that's 
what I played on. Like that's sure you have a that lot of to me uh, is my memory because I didn't mm-hmm. have it. I used to go around to my friend's house who had older brothers, and so we would occasionally be allowed to play on the console, like very heavily supervised by these older brothers. Like you know, don't break anything. Mm-hmm, sure. um, so that would be my pick, which I know for some, even me saying this doesn't feel particularly retro, but it is. Well, <laughs> so. no, no, I, I mean, PlayStation's on on number four, so yeah. Yeah. Now, so you, you guys play on PlayStation. Let me ask you this. Do you do you have a Switch? No, that's one of the only... We actually nearly bought one when we went over to QuakeCon uh, in July. Uh, July? Yeah, July. Yeah. Um, we nearly bought one for the flights, um, but didn't because we then went back and looked at all of our other handheld consoles are still sitting there and going, well, we're not playing any of these, so we'll probably get a Switch and, and not play mm. that. Yeah. Well, I... I I'm just going to tell you that that is a little disheartening. I mean, now, not that your favorite retro system is PlayStation, but Switch is, is probably, and I mean, I have an Xbox and I haven't booted up an Xbox one. I haven't booted up in like, oh, it'll be almost two years since I've actually put a game in it to play it um, because of the Switch. Yeah. So that's a little disheartening because the Switch I is know, uh, it's so good. It's. I've heard so many things, but the thing is for me, finding the time. I guess I could do it on my commute, but like on my commute, I play Legends on my phone, or I play Mythgard on my. Or I definitely you know, understand like, not having the time. Sure. Yeah, and then I'm at home and I'm on my PC now. Like my my PS4 is in the lounge and it does absolutely nothing. It doesn't even look cool. It's kind of dusty. Mm. So like, <laughs> yeah. So I I just I'm trying to cut back on the amount of collecting we're doing on that gaming side of things a little bit i I say that and on sunday i came home with six sega games but like (laughs) well i think that that could be cutting back for you right if you would typically come back on sunday with 12 sega games and you you came back with six sega games then um well you know i think that a lot of a lot of the retro gaming uh hobby isn't even so much playing as it is collecting yes Uh, nostalgia right i think that's what he liked the most about it was remembering like games that he'd played that's most of the stuff that's being kept as well is the stuff that is being kept for nostalgia, nostalgia. rather than value yeah. i mean I, I, have a, I have a couple of buddies who are sort of retro gaming collectors and, and one of them has like a museum like it's like a uh-huh. it's like a freaking museum like it, there's yeah. like glass cases uh-huh. and like he was he was like having they moved into a house he was having a kid and like he had his museum ready it was like f- finished before the nursery was finished <laughs> like, like people <laughs> yeah, those are dedicated priorities, to it. Right? um yeah people people are dedicated to it so okay tell us uh sophie about this what got you into tessel card games mm-hmm. your streamer youtube mm-hmm. content creator what got you into this community into this world yeah so i uh had never played a card game before um when i started wow. playing legends um so i was uh leaving or had left a uh, text-based RPG community. I was leaving it. Uh, the reason why I'd stayed in it so long was for the community, and I was leaving it because of the community. So I was in a really sad place. Like you know, there was a lot of friendships that I was feeling like were, were gone. And wait, you're um, saying, and I was, you're yeah. saying a text-based RPG yeah. community? What does that mean? Because I don't so, know what that means. Because evidently so I've never been I part played, of text-based RPG. Yeah, so text-based RPGs is basically exactly what it says on the box right so um you walk up across a monster you choose to attack you know by either melee or casting a spell 
and then there's all these calculations happening depending on what you're wearing as to whether or not you're hitting it or killing it or it's killing you and yeah is there is there a video no it's all text all sometimes all text. there's a description of the zone that's exciting um but no yes yeah, all text. <laughs> it's all text um and there's like a chat um function down the bottom there are guilds um it's it's literally like uh an mmo but but no so it's not no a video imagery. game no it's text-based interesting I know. you look i just as i say the viewers can all the listeners cannot see your face right now you have got such a look of concern it's oh, like, like, listen, <laughs> you're just like, like what are you I, talking about i'm right a, I, like i'm more of an avid tabletop player than i am a video gamer yeah. so um I, I have a i have a sizable collection of tabletop rpg books um that's my my preferred form of gaming so i definitely understand using your imagination this is just something i've never heard of before so um there's actually quite a few out there but yeah so i, I was getting out of that um not because yeah there was there was a whole a whole lot of awful reasons um but the, I was I then got really stuck on Final Fantasy Brave XVS, which was just an absolute money grab, and mm. um, was so in the Play Store just scrolling on my phone. This popped up. Um, I'd played what I thought was a huge amount of Skyrim because like I'd finished the main storylines and I loved it. And I thought, man, I'm the best Skyrim player ever. Mm. Little did I know how many hours people actually put into it. Um, so yes. I downloaded the game mm-hmm. and I sent it to two of my uh, friends who were from the RPG community and I said, hey, you guys have played card games before, what's this? And so they kind of got me set up with the basics. Neither of them had played it either, but they were card game players, so they kind of sure. got the gist of it really quickly. Um, so yeah, I played on mobile exclusively. So this would have been like uh, August and September of 2017. Um mm played it on mobile, uh, had a Twitch account set up because of drops. I know. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. I didn't yep. actually know what Twitch was. All what I knew is that I had a... an account that was set up. This is, I'm, this is awful. This is probably against TOS. I had an account that was set up that um, my friend used to have logged on to an alternate laptop. Like, so when he went to work, he'd have both <laughs> of our accounts just watching just watching streams. streams and i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was that 24 7 it used just to be spanish gamer. it was like no it wasn't lazy i like sort of disclaimer i really like lazy but it's a it was the spanish one okay. i don't know it was a spanish one that used to be on all the time um so i didn't actually know anything about twitch i knew i had an account that was it um yeah fast forward a couple of months of playing um was having sort of a crisis knowing that I was sort of getting I don't know it wasn't later in life but you know I was looking for like hobbies and things I could do and I decided to start looking into how people were playing games and having people watch them because I used to watch a lot of VODs on YouTube and I was like that's that's really cool they're sitting there playing these games and people are chatting to them and that's when I sort of looked up the whole Twitch thing and realized that's what that account was um so you I know you I'm making that, myself sound really intelligent right now. Well, no, but. no, that, that's interesting that you, you sort of like had the Twitch account and it was getting you drops, but you didn't yeah. make the connection yet between. I didn't really know what, because I'd never watched it. I just was told mm, if you give mm-hmm. me Twitch details, I can have that set up for you. Oh, okay. And and then it'll it'll start giving you free stuff in game if you would just like go here and create like, this account. Like a fantastic system. What could go wrong? Yeah. You know, do I also have a rich uncle and are you a Nigerian prince? It was that kind of thing. Like I was like, this is too good <laughs> sure. to be true. Um, but yeah, so 
set up on set up on Twitch. First time I downloaded the game onto the computer, that was the first time I found out it actually had a PC version mm-hmm. that I never played on mobile. And went live. First time I went live, went live with no microphone. I think I might have had the camera on the laptop. Can't remember. Um, but yeah, long story short, the thing that got me to stay playing it and to stay streaming it after all this time is the community. Um, I was welcomed like beyond anything I could imagine by um, a big group of them at once with a big raid from Frenzy Gaming. Hmm. Um, and everyone was so helpful. Like they basically set my stream up for me on the raid. Like they showed me how to do alerts. And then that's when I found mm. out, like, the big community behind it and joined discords and started watching other people on Twitch and making friends, and everyone was really, really supportive. Mm. And then I was able to actually meet, like, 20-something of them just in July at QuakeCon. So that was, like, mind-blowing for me. Yeah, I, that's exciting. That's so cool. It was huge being able to meet them. They're all, yeah. like, exactly the same in person apart from heights. No one is the right height that you expect on the internet. Uh, they are all exactly the same but their heights are all out of work yeah Yeah, well you know gaming chairs can go up and down so you can oh i know it's mind-boggling on the internet sure yeah you can look higher taller than 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 what you what you actually are well that's awesome you know i think one of the one of the things that has drawn me back to your stream which of course like our time zone difference makes it difficult for me to be watching you but occasionally you know i'm on and you'll be streaming and i'll be able to tune in um like not only is it the killer accent right because i I think that like people in the states like your your accent is just like we we genuinely want to just listen to you talk like it's it's my mind i think i sound slow but that's okay no no like we want to listen to you talk and like we want to just listen to the the way that you use words and turn phrases i think that's interesting to us um but on on top of that like there's there's something engaging about the way you stream because you're learning right like there you watch other folks um and they're like boom 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 and they, they, they run all this stuff out and if they if they get asked the question like they're usually good with sort of responding and telling you what they're doing and they, they might be able to explain a line to you but a lot of times that line is like like they've already made the most optimal play and, and you're even with them explaining the line you're not really sure why it's the line still um but with you, like, I think it's interesting because you're sort of learning along with you um, and you're you're seeing like, oh, OK, well, like not only can you play, but you can make mistakes. Um, you can <laughs> yeah. re- you can recognize those mistakes yeah. um, and you cannot get tilted, um, which I think is and maybe you feel more tilted than you appear. Yeah, potentially. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that there's there's something engaging with watching somebody learn. And, and sort of learning alongside them, because I think there's a lot of people who are coming to this game from a similar situation where you haven't played card games before. Um, and there's it, it's there's an overwhelming amount of stuff to learn in Legends if you oh, have yeah. played card games before. Yeah, like and I'm like I'm literally just over two years into playing it now. And I still feel like, as you say, like I'm learning. So I will point out consistently when I don't know what the right line is to take I'll state out loud the different lines that I see um, but I'm still not confident in saying this is the correct line 
Um, mm-hmm. And that that's a self-doubt thing as well. I think that I probably would benefit from being a little bit more confident in making those decisions. Mm-hmm. But it's always been a really big part of my stream to to show people that it's okay to have fun with it. It's okay to have like, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to go, let's just see what happens for science and like just not care if it results in losing because you've taken a line that sounds more fun. Um, mm. Yeah, so, and, and, but at the same time, it's it has sort of dug myself into a little bit of, ho- of a hole over the last sort of few months um, when I'm better now, but I went through a phase of really wanting to prove myself as a better player. Um, I'm not able to enter tournaments for the most part because of time zone. So, like, my only um, way of showing that I was a good player was ladder results. And as most people will tell you that your ladder results not necessarily reflective of the type of player that you are. There is a lot of things that come into that, like time and, and, and a whole lot of things. Um, and so I got really, really focused on the number um, to the point where I almost wasn't enjoying the game because I was so hard on myself. Like I'd lose a game and I'd sit there and just be like, you are an idiot. You're so dumb. That match was winnable and you didn't see the lines. Um, so I've got past that now thankfully. I'm no longer caring about my uh, finishes at the moment because it's not healthy for me. And I think I'm finally back in a spot now where people can see me happy again on stream and see me learning and see me not not getting tilted because there mm. was a point a few months ago where I was ending streams like visibly upset and like not myself. So it, it's good that that's coming back across now that I'm actually enjoying myself. Yeah, well, I, I think that's important. I mean, I think part of the the sort of the charm of your stream is that you're you're I mean, you're obviously very very intelligent, um, but also um, also humble um, in your in your approach to the game. Um, and those the right like emotional intelligence and actual and intelligence usually don't go hand in hand. Um, typically, people who are very very intelligent um are also not very emotionally intelligent not capable of sort of like reading their effect on other people um um, and as a streamer that's important uh because if you can't read the impact that you're having on your community um it can be negative and so uh like you being both intelligent i mean a lot of times you play this game and it's not (laughs) it isn't so much about what line you pick as you're able to see them right and and um that's that's incredible because as I watch your stream, um, I'm learning about new lines that I can take in my games because there's lines that you see that I don't. And and whether you we pick the most optimal one, um, being able to see them is is huge because you're seeing things that I I simply don't see. Um, I say and that, that to my coaches, you know, as as a really big thing, a big change that I've noticed over the last two years is like. I see stuff now that I would never have seen before. Like I might choose the wrong one, but I'd be like, man, but I would never have thought of that two years ago. So like, sure. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's showing growth. Us. That's showing growth. And so I think that there's, there's some, there's something charming about your stream and the fact that you have this sort of like, you're, you're very good. You're very intelligent, but then on top of that, you're also humble. And I think that those are, those are really good qualities in a streamer because it, it makes you want to engage with them and be part of their community and, um, that's a, that's a good thing. So it's also good to know, like that streamers have lulls when they don't love the game as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, we certainly do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and cause often like you pour, uh, all of your time and resources into it. Right. And so you feel very heavily invested, uh, in the game and in the community. Um, 
and sure, so you want to be good at it. it. Yeah, you want to be good at it, but also like how the game is going, how the community is feeling, um, what the general vibe is, anything like that. You take on quite personally if you feel like all of your eggs are in this one basket because your identity as a content creator is tied to this game. And it's like if you have everyone in the community, like um, when I say everyone, that's probably a, um, a poor choice of words. Anyone who's sort of uh, vocal in the community, so on, on Reddit, Twitter, anywhere like that, and it's like an overarching negative feeling, mm-hmm. it's really hard to not let that affect you in stream and, and not let um, not that, that affect how you feel about the game. Um, that's been particularly difficult, you know, like we're definitely over the worst of it after the client change. That was really, really rough. Um, but I'm a, I'm a big supporter of Sparky Pants um, to the point of I get called a shill frequently. I only learned what that word was recently, by the way. Yeah, what is not. a shill? Okay, it's something to do with, like, you, I'm going to Google the definition again. I I'm thinking of, like, all was. sorts of vocabulary words today, the things this that will, I... Like, like, this will be um, the second time I've Googled this. Um, here we go. An accomplice of a confident trickster or swindler who poses as a genuine customer to entice or encourage others. So, basically, I'm a plant on Reddit. That's an awful, yeah, so that's like, an awful thing to call somebody. I'm a sparky pants plant um, to spread like, cheer. Well, sparky pants isn't p- paying me, so what? No. <laughs> I know, honestly, I need to send them my contract again because they're not sending me any money. No, but um, I, I, I think it's a really important, and I've done this. Um, I've actually just sent another one overseas to a different, um, a different developer as well. But I, th- I put it like to put a huge focus on, um, recognizing there are humans that are like, working their butts off every single day to provide sure. this game for us and identify bugs and fix it. Yes, we expect a level of quality out of them. Of course we do. They're professionals and that's, that's you know, what their job is. But they're, they're people, you know, they have families and they're working hard and they go home at night and they need to cook their dinner. You know, they're, they're normal people. Um, and so I sent, um, I like to send care packages over. I sent a care package over to Sparky full of chocolate to say thank you um, after sort of the, um, uh, what do you call it, like the big uproar after the transition has sort of died down. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, yeah, they can call me a shill if they want. Mm. They're not paying well, me. I'm we had a really, <laughs> I had a really interesting conversation about just that with CVH because, of course, he's kind of the the face of a, a he's lot. He's the punching of stuff bag. Yeah, yeah, poor Christian. Yeah, yeah, and and I I sort of had that conversation like, how do you stay mentally healthy, um, mm-hmm. in a world where you're probably getting yelled at for decisions that you didn't have any part in? Oh yeah. Like. And, 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 and it's your it's your fault. But you brought up something that I think is really, really interesting. And this doesn't necessarily have to do with this game, but gaming in general. And that is the concept of identity. Right. That we sort of identify ourselves um, by games. And then. Right. So by, by default, like we can pick up a game and start playing it. And when we don't identify ourselves with that game um, and we don't gain a, a source of like who we are out of that, like we, we could really care less how well we do. Right. But whenever we begin identifying ourselves and we, we pull a sense of identity out of out of a specific game, then it matters significantly to us how well we, and we can end up in a really bad um, place mentally. Um, I think back 
uh, tabletop gaming for me that was there was a season where hero clicks was a tabletop game that i played a lot which was like a superhero based sort of miniatures game and i remember being like getting in almost fist fights with friends afterwards um over over huh. winning or losing or interpretation of rules over this game um oh my goodness. and it's very interesting to me because this isn't just i mean you're a content creator so this is this weighs heavily on you but this isn't just you, right? There are a lot of people who are not content creators who identify themselves with a specific game and therefore their performance in this game um, tells them how valuable they are as a human being. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that can be an ugly place to be. So like, how do you just practically fight back against that? Um, yeah. Because it, it's really hard to keep playing a game if you feel like I've invested so many resources in it, I suck at it. So I suck as a person and you walk away yeah. feeling that way a handful of times and it, it's likely that you delete the game and never come back to it because you just don't like feeling like yeah. a terrible person. It's been really, really difficult. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it because that's something that I have not necessarily publicly spoken about a lot, but there is, it's certainly something that I've um, spoken about a lot with other content creators in this game and my friends in this community. They've seen me go through some really rough patches with associating the fact that I can't finish in high legend and therefore I'm still absolutely terrible at this game after um, you know this long of playing and that I feel like I want to sort of keep up with them and keep up appearances. Um, so what I've done over the last few months is I have restricted my playtime. Um, that's been huge for me. I've found mm -hmm. other games to play to... One, it actually helps me learn. When I pick up other CCGs, it helps me in Legends because I learn more about different strategies and things because things play differently. So that that's helping me picking up other CCGs. Um, but also, yeah, so less time playing it. Um, and also when I'm playing it, playing things like meme lists, um, my favorite thing to detail on stream, which I do constantly, is to um, go and play Mono Neutral Unite the Houses in casual. Because how can you get mad at losing that? You're playing mm -hmm. a neutral list. Like, you're going to unite one in, Yeah, you're going to, like, unite one in 15 games, right? It's just, you can't get mad at them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, little ways to detail. Um, I stopped aiming for top 100. Um, was the first one just to sort of give myself some breathing room. Um, and yeah, I stopped the rush at the beginning of the season for me. So I think that's a really Tessel specific was like not rushing to legends, not setting myself this goal of a number that I have to reach. And if I don't reach it, I'm a terrible human being type thing um, and allowing myself time away from the game basically. So it would change game to game as to, to what you did but i think <laughs> releasing yourself from these boundaries that you've set yourself is really important there was loads of people like uh, ian bits i spent quite a lot of time with and he was like what you need to do is basically go in and purposely tank yourself in legend to as like low as you possibly can so there's no way you're going to be top 100 and then just play in those levels because i would be playing at the like low 100s to like 200s level and just be stressing about the fact that i needed mm -hmm. to get there and he's like there's get a lot out of anxiety it. around there yeah around he's the like place. just get out of it just tank yourself as far as you can and then just play the game it's a game first and foremost mm -hmm. is you're supposed to be doing this to enjoy yourself yeah and if you're not enjoying yourself then yeah 
I think I think the concept of uh, of identity in gaming is 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 really interesting. You know, as when I was a World of Warcraft player, not only did I identify myself as a WoW player, but I identified myself as a mage player. And the DPS that I could throw up during raids sort of worked to define who I was, not just as a player, but as a person, right? That if I wasn't able to put up these specific numbers, then me as a person intrinsically just had less value as a human being. Oh, and that we do that to ourselves yeah. yeah and i think that there's listen there's a huge humongous grouping of people in the hobby gaming world right like and there's an enormous amount of them who aren't just casual gamers right mm-hmm. maybe they're casual tessel gamers but they're not casual gamers yeah. and so much of their identity is wrapped up in how many retro games do i have in comparison uh-huh to the next person um what level am i in comparison to the next person sort of what achievements do i have in comparison to the next person and what ranking did i finish in in comparison to the next person and then we allow those things to sort of diminish our our worth as a human being which um is where gaming gets super super interesting to me sort of on the spiritual and psychological level um because so much of my world outside of gaming is helping people to find proper identity um, in, in helping to uh, sort of like encourage people in that. So I think the, the fact that you brought that up is interesting because people do need to have the useful tools because a lot of times um, the darkness that's in the online world, and we all know that it's there, even if even if we are in a good community in Tesla, it, it's, it exists. Um, yeah. A lot of that starts inside of us. Yeah. And, and you brought it up a point before about um... – intelligence doesn't necessarily go hand in hand with emotional intelligence Mm. um and if you look at i'm going to make a mass generalization here but if you look at the the demographic of who plays a lot of online games um as well and who seeks solace in online communities um a lot of those people don't necessarily have the social skills or the means to deal with the feelings that they they have Mm -hmm. so yeah that that identity becomes their entire existence and they don't really know how to reach out and get help for that yeah or or how to detach from it um Uh in a in a healthy way yeah um and that can be that can be a really really dark place for people well that's interesting i mean obviously that's not what this particular podcast is about but i am so good at derailing give me a subject i will get you off that subject in like two minutes flat easy (laughs) no no that's I, i i think it's an awesome conversation because ultimately like i want people who find this podcast which it isn't hard if you play Tessel and look up podcasts. I'm <laughs> like the only one right now. Yeah. Um, like I, I want them to gain more worth from this than just logging on and playing a little bit better or a little bit of encouragement to play. I mean, I do want people to participate in this game because I think it's an awesome game. Um, game yeah. yeah, I think it's a it's a fantastic game. But I hope that if you're taking the time to listen to this show, that there's there's something of deeper value that you'll gain from the investment that goes into the way that you live your life and and who you are as a person. And I think hearing in this episode that your worth as a human being is not made up in your ladder finishes, how well you do that your, your worth as a human being, even if you're escaping to this game because you feel like real life isn't appealing to you. um, And even if this is an escape for you, that your worth as a human being isn't found here. Um, Yeah. 
and uh, and I, I think that's an important uh, an important thing to note. So back to back to Tesla in general. Um, one of the other things that I was hoping we could talk about, and I tell you what, I know you have to work, so it's like past 11 p.m. there right now, right? It is. Yes. So we got to wrap up here soon. Soon, yeah. You know, you'll be right. I'm a big girl. I'll survive a little bit longer. I swear. Okay, we'll we'll just do a, a little bit. So one of the things that we had brought up kind of in our channel over the past couple of weeks was just sort of the concept of creative deck building um, and playing stuff that's a little bit um, off meta. And, and okay. uh, now you've said that you're not really a deck builder, um, but that doesn't mean that you aren't occasionally an I off meta player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh-huh. if you're looking at the current meta, you're going to your collection, you click collection, you're like, I'm going to build a new deck. I'm going to build something to counter the meta that's off meta. What are you thinking? What's going through your head? Honestly, that's not how I build. And I know that sounds like a terrible thing to say, but most of the time I do not play around what the meta is. I just mm. don't. If I I play what I'm wanting to play and I may sit there and go, why am I losing over and over again? And someone will pipe up and say, well, it's because the meta is this and you're running these lists. And I'll go, well, that's an interesting point that you're making. I'm going to continue playing these lists and still question it. Um, so <laughs> I I just, I play what I want to play and I don't base it on what the meta is doing. So when I'm opening up the deck building screen, it's to make whatever has just caught my eye at that point. Um, mm. My original, like, the entirety of my deck building knowledge, what it used to be, was to open it up, type in orc, and add all of those ones in, and then fill up the rest <laughs> of the 50 cards with what I thought would be there. And then it sort of developed from there to like, okay, I want to make a ward list, or I want to make you know anything like that. I want to make something with drain. And so I would be one of those people who just throw in everything that has that keyword. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I am deviating from that quite a lot now and starting to understand a little bit better how to build lists but they still heavily will have some form of theme so it'll be like an aggro list where i'm really wanting to pay attention to um ward role play something like that and Mm -hmm. and so i end up including things that aren't necessarily good cards in an aggro type list it's just i've wanted them for the role play value of wards um so yeah, that I don't approach it in the way of what's the meta doing, therefore I'm going to tick against it, which is a weakness of mine. I I, pl- I build what I want to play, and oh, I just play. We'll make you a bit of a, a less like predictable opponent as well, which is. Well, I don't um, know. Most people match me, and I think, yep, she's going to smack me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, yeah that that's, is her game plan. That, that's what's yeah. about to happen. So I mean, yeah. I, this might be maybe you have an answer, maybe you don't, but um. <laughs> out of the decks that you have made right that like you've created what's your favorite one throughout the last two years like the most memorable deck that you created um it doesn't have to be a good one but just one that you had fun with one that i created let's think i really uh i shouldn't say this because i can't actually think of the name of the card right now but there was one that i really wanted to make work for the longest time it never did so if you can help me out with it then you can help me out with it but before Nixox, there mm-hmm. was another card that made your next card cheaper, and I'm having a massive mind blank on it. It's a monk card. Well, it's either green or yellow. Let me see. It's either oh. green or yellow. <sighs> oh, and everyone's it... getting screaming at me. I can feel people on the internet screaming the name of it at me right now. Oh, oh, oh. is it the is it the giant Argonian that costs six? He's a four four, and he makes your next card cost six Cost less, if... less. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. What's his name? 
I don't I don't remember what his name is. I, but go ahead and talk about the deck, and I'll look up the name I right want now. To, oh, it's going to drive me crazy. But what I really wanted to do, I had this idea, but um, and and the names and and the sort of words of uh, dead broke nerd. You have to have like a get like that. You have to have a win condition. Your your, mm-hmm. your deck needs a win condition, no matter what kind of combo you're trying to pull off. But what I wanted to do was go this particular card into Nexox into that Wild into Nexox. Yeah, or Nexox into that one. I can't remember. One of them needed to be played. Was first. it Soul Rest Marshall? Soul Rest Marshall Monk. Soul Rest Marshall. Uh-huh. Soul Rest Marshall Monk was what I played, and it was Soul Rest Marshall. Nexox, Wild Beast Caller into a badass animal. And it just yeah, don't. Doesn't work. Does It's so much fun to try and get this stupid thing to happen. The idea was to have it into like a cliff race or some other thing where you've got all of this, these bodies on board all of a sudden in one turn and you've got this board to deal with. But there isn't a win condition from that point. It's not a combo from that point. Um, but that was a really, really fun list. Other than that, um, I'd love to say Warrior because that's something that I've played the most of um, and I've built the most variations of. Okay. Like, well, I'm just a Warrior kid. Like, I could have a whole list, like, a whole deck collection full of Warriors before they, like, made our limit wider. Um, now, does that does that mean that – that uh, did you play Ramp Warrior when it was a thing? I did a little bit, yes. Yeah, okay. I did, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm more of an aggro mid-range person. So I've mm-hmm. so maybe I do tech to the meta then because all of those warriors have changed based on what I was facing at the time. Yeah, um, sure. But they um, and saying that it's really I say, I still hesitate to say because most of the builds that I've made have been inspired by amazing warrior builders in the community. So like you know my first warrior list that I fell in love with after orcs of course because orcs were my first one. Um, was like Joe Warrior. Um, I don't know, remember if you remember Trader Joe, but Joe Warrior was mm. like the warrior list back in the day. It was okay. so much fun to play. Um, and through now to someone that I use their lists more, like Immortal August, his warrior builds. So, okay. so I've definitely made Aeolus Warrior many times, and I've definitely been proud of those ones, but they've been tweaked by great minds, and it's probably more their lists <laughs> that I enjoy. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's that's interesting. I, I think it helps people when they're coming to um, to build a deck that sometimes, hey, like <laughs> people, sometimes it's okay to just go and be like, I want, I want this. This is yeah. what I want to make work, and I'm gonna go enjoy this. This is this is gonna be fun, and I want to play this card. I mean, honestly, like I have an, a, a slightly off metal list that I'm running all the time right now, but it was because of the big dragon guy and. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to make him work. Like I, I tried him in a handful of different color combinations and stuff, but I was like, this, this is a card that I, I want to work because I have it. I have it. That's why I want it to work. Cause I have it. I, cool. Yeah. And I'm also, I'm also a really big advocate for not shaming. Um, I'm going to, please don't laugh at my accent here, but not shaming net deckers. I think that net deckers are, often spoken down about and the fact that they have a name as well like that you know you're classed as a group of people for for using other people's lists is mm-hmm. it's got these really negative connotations for it but people have such different strengths and not everyone is a builder everyone has the ability to learn to become a builder through loads of practice through um, research through getting coaching from people you can learn to become a builder 
but not everyone is a natural builder and not everyone has the time to to put into that to to get to those levels mm-hmm. you're playing a mobile game you're playing a pc game there are amazing builders out there who are providing these really cool lists and loads of them also offer coaching so like if you can go and book coaching with this incredible player, spend time with them, learn how to pilot their list, and then go and learn how to try and pilot it yourself, that's just your experience with the gameplay. So, yes, I love people who build their own lists. I love the stuff that goes off meta, but I'm I'm a very proud decker and I will continue to use other people's lists if they want me to, if yeah, I have I think, permission. To. I think people come to, to Elder Scrolls Legends who have not played card games before, and it's, like, easy to hate on people who are taking other people's deck lists and, like, you're cheating. And, like, listen, yeah. like, this is a card game. Like, that. <laughs> like this, is a, this is a different... I, th- I think that's hard. Like, right, if if card game players come to Elder Scrolls Legends, they come to a card game. So there's there's expectations they have. When video game players come to Elder Scrolls Legends, they come with an entirely different set of expectations, mm-hmm. including how much it should cost to play the game. And and people are like, this game's really expensive. And and I'm like, oh my gosh, like you you have no idea. This is the cheapest card game you could probably possibly play. You like you you know if you spend three hundred dollars a year or $400 a year, let's say you blew 100 bucks every time a new expansion came out, and you blew 400 bucks a year on this game, it would still be cheaper than any physical card game you could possibly play. Um, and I, I think one of the problems with some of these digital implementation of card games is people come from a video game mindset instead of coming from a card game mindset, and that also comes into play when it comes to net decking. Yeah. Like, no, when you, go, when you go to a Magic Gathering tournament, no one is playing their own list for the most part yeah <laughs> right everyone's playing the tried and true realized list sometimes people will show up to a tournament with a surprise yeah. and that becomes a new part of the meta um but generally speaking that really isn't the case the people who play i mean my brother's a magic the gathering player and a, and a competitor in that and every one of his decks are built based off of what is the best deck in the game as as a modern player and uh, and that isn't because he came up with those on his own. Yeah. Um, and I think there's value in having people out there. We obviously need very smart people out there being creative, creating new decks, discovering new strategies and synergies. Those are important things. Um, but for most of the card gaming world, that's the minority um, in every other game. And yeah. the majority of people are people who are sort of copying that and learning um, their, their side of the game isn't about creating new deck lists. It's about piloting existing ones uh, and becoming experts at piloting specific lists. Uh, yeah. And and that's really what the vast majority of card game players are. They're they're becoming better and better and more superior pilots of lists that they've that they've that have been created and that they're playing. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Agreed. 100%. Yeah. So there's no shame in 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 getting your decks online. That being said, where do you go to get your deck lists? Um, I basically use Discord for the most part, and I have, like, a really cool, uh, community of friends through different Discords. Um, I often will also take sneak peeks at the Team Rank Stars tournament lists when they're mm. not looking. Um, but no, I just, I've got a lot of friends who play a lot. They'll say, hey, this is a list that I'm playing, I find it enjoyable. 
sometimes people like a little Jamie send you a list and you think that they're being helpful, but really he sent you a Munderstone warrior. So, you know, <laughs> play that and think that he's trying to help me, but that doesn't happen. <laughs> but he's, he's not. I've gotten a chance to record little Jamie twice. He's one of my favorite, oh, uh, one of my favorite lovely. voices in the community. Yeah. yeah, he's funny and he's lovely. He actually carries me through dungeons and ESO as well, so. Oh, what? Useful really... person to know. Yeah, that's really nice of him. Well, um, I'd, I'd say it's about time to wrap up this episode. you got to get to sleep, and I have to get into my day. Um, the so. sun is rising behind you. I am very jealous. It's yeah, the sun the sun is rising behind me. It's getting light out. I can hear my uh, the, the, the feet of my daughter running across the upstairs floor <laughs> right now, and I know my wife wants out of the, the upstairs dungeon that I've locked her into while I'm recording. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Okay, Sophie, so tell us, how can people get in contact with you um, as a content creator? Where can we find your stuff at? Yeah, absolutely. So for the most part, where you'll find me most frequently is on twitch.tv slash Eolis, which is spelled E-O-L-I-S in my accent. Good luck working out what vowels are there. Um, <laughs> and then I also have YouTube. I believe the YouTube list is actually Aeolus TV. I think there's a TV that snuck in there on the end because someone else had, had grabbed that one. Uh, and also on Twitter at Aeolus TV as well. Okay. And well, you know, in the discords, I'm an administrator for the official Legends Discord. I'm around in the Team Rank Stars Discord. I'm all over the show. Can't get rid of me, really. Yeah, I mean, you're mm-hmm. you're all over the community. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely, definitely true. Anywhere you yeah. go in the community, um, you are, you're there. I, I literally just went to one of the discords that I'm in, clicked on it, and within a second, I found out how to find you. So it, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was easy to reach out. Yeah, which is great. Um, so if you want to get connected with the show, um, the best way to do it is over email, probably, or our Discord. Um, you can find our Discord on Team Rankstar's website, Um it, but it's around, so you can you can find that. Um, our emails eslegendscast at gmail.com. So you can email me there. Um, if you've listened to the show, you know outside of this world, I'm a pastor, so my heart is to um, bring something good and some light into an otherwise you know pretty dark place. And the internet can be a great place to connect with people, but can also be a pretty depressing, discouraging place to be. And so if there's any way that I can be encouraging to you, either being a listening ear or praying for you, um, I would love to be doing that. So you can email me at eslegendscast at gmail.com. Um, let me know how I can be supporting you. Let me know how I can be praying for you. Um, remember that you're not in this alone. Um, and even if a lot of your identity has been wrapped up um, in this game and you're feeling discouraged right now, uh, please, please, please do not be afraid to to reach out to somebody for help. Um, so you're not alone. Um, other than that, uh, well, those are the best ways for you to for you to find us. Discord, email. Um, so get connected with that. Please join our Discord, though, too, because it's it's a really great community and there's lots of deck sharing in there. Um, so if you're looking for some of these decks, that's a, a really great place to grab it. And many of the people who've been on the show are also in that Discord. So Dead Broke Nerd specifically and a little Jamie are consistently um, sharing in our deck tips uh, channel, um, giving advice on deck building. And um, we have a lot of new players who are listeners to the show and on the Discord who are there sort of like picking up advice and, and just learning to become a little bit better as a deck builder and, a, and as a pilot for this game so definitely join us there okay sophie is there anything else that you want to share before we get out of here no that is all from me i'm gonna get ready to to go to bed tonight i think the only word of advice for all passing through would be to not accept a little jamie munderstone list there you go, <laughs> there you go. that's that's a good 
piece of advice. Okay, uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Legends Cast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to check out TeamRankStar.com and Inked Gaming using that code TRS12 to get 12% off your next piece of customized gaming gear. You heard it at the beginning, you hear it at the end of the show, but I just want to remind you, make sure you go and check them out and give them some love. Make sure you check Sophie out and give her some love as well. Go sub to her channel. Um, go check out her YouTube. Subscribe there to her YouTube channel. Click the little bell icon because there's something with an algorithm rhythm that makes that more important um so make sure that you you check out her stuff and get plugged in show her some love as well thank you so much for tuning in and that's going to wrap up this episode we'll catch you next week thanks for listening to legends cast a podcast about the cards the meta and the community of elder scrolls legends if you want to support legends cast you can always leave us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts or you can visit our patreon page at patreon.com slash legendscast. Be sure to come back next week and make sure that you check out our sponsor, both Inked Gaming and Team Rankstar at teamrankstar.com.